1: Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit MFM.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.
0: I just don't think it's fair, man. Like, I, I look, first of all, we should just go ahead and say this and put this out there. I mean, I know it's April 1st, and, you know, we, we we did a April 1st joke, which was the Gotham TV talk. That's not actually happening, guys. That was, that was April 1st. But... I mean, like it's it's a little confusing to people because you did receive this script from see I mean like we we can now say this, yes um i yeah i I suppose uh well, you put it out I'm like have you not gotten in trouble because I mean, like I can't read the the image that you put out there, but people have been tweeting in apparently like i I, I can't read this, but apparently some people have already like dissected the image, and it says like uh what it's it's the season premiere. And the episode is um, in the name of Grodd. Is that right?
1: Well, uh, yeah. So, so what you see on that page is 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 about all that I'm able to say.
0: Did they even say that you could say that? I'm like, that's the thing, man, because people have been like. The other thing too is, and I didn't realize this either, but somebody tweeted in after looking, like, dissecting the script, and it says John Wesley
1: Ship is freaking directing the episode. That's what blew me away. I was like, holy crap, that's super awesome, because like I. You know, I I didn't think you know I I didn't know if if what the what the filming schedule stuff would be like. I had no idea, and and I saw that he was you know attached to direct, and I was like, holy crap, that's amazing. I and, and you have not gotten in trouble about this at all. Uh, no, no, they, they said. Uh, that i could show just like you know how danielle panabaker uh she released an image of the season finale
0: yeah but she's like actually on the show this is like a this is fan service to the max man i can't like first of all i can't believe they're doing this and second of all i can't believe i mean i know you know ring that uh, ring that grot has been kind of a thing that we've had since the beginning but i mean you know i mean you come on you talk for like an hour and then i spend like five hours editing the thing what what about ring (laughs) that bow you know like (laughs) Like, they don't need editors though
1: they need need real (laughs) talent
0: (laughs) Fair enough. I, I I don't know. I mean, I can't I can't be the trickster. I can't be, you know. I mean, I mean, you
1: could be the shyster,
0: like well, whatever, man. I'm proud. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm ecstatic. I never I never thought we'd get this kind of like you know affirmation from the actual show. Like,
1: are they flying you out? Uh, well, I've actually been out there a couple times. Uh, uh why
0: didn't you tell me this? That's that's because the, I wasn't supposed to. Like, dude, they were saying no, they were saying I no, go ahead and do it. it now. Like they said, stop okay, it. no. You yes. you tell me these things, my friend. Look, I, look, I am a closed trap. You tell me things. I don't tell anybody, any, any, anybody. Okay, like like when like, when we had we've been working on this John Wesley ship thing for like what two and a half months, and we didn't tell anybody. I mean, I, I know we told the live show a lot, but but, but besides them, <laughs> they're, look, they're all trustworthy. Okay, I trust look, the live look, show.
1: Look. You know, we we joke, we constantly joke about CW executives being uh, guests in our. Uh, in, in in our chat right right so that's all I'm gonna say
0: okay so they, so you're saying that okay well so well, so they they listen in they hear me start slipping details they're like you know what you, you, this is gonna be a lot of fun don't trust Bo don't tell him anything because we don't trust him or we don't like him or you know he's fat which I'm not fat anymore I've lost weight I could be somebody on the show I've lost weight man <laughs> 20 pounds yeah, in luckily. like five weeks that's incredible
1: you know luckily that didn't really uh you know the being a big guy was kind of beneficial in this whole process
0: <laughs> and well that yeah that, like i guess i didn't think about it. it's mocap though man i mean all right here's the other thing couldn't like we'd like you take a turn then i take a turn and and then that's how we
1: do grad i'm like nearly a foot taller than you it's motion capture <laughs> it's what, what, what would he like phase you know and change size maybe
0: maybe maybe they give him a little bit of you know um giganta style powers him and giganta were an item in the justice league unlimited cartoon maybe this is their illegitimate child
1: maybe maybe. yeah
0: grod jr i could be i could be grod jr there you go yeah yeah well all right well okay so i guess we should officially start the show now but i, I just i don't know i mean i should be ecstatic right we this is essentially a, me interviewing gorilla grod right <laughs>
1: Kind
0: of, yes. Uh, But also kind of not. Of course, it's an incredible April Fool's.
1: April Fool's! Yeah! (laughs) Uh. Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash
0: TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and spoilers for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Beau. And I'm Bell. And you're not Gorilla Grodd. I'm not Gorilla Grodd. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Look, man, April Fool's goes either way, I've noticed with people. Some people hate it because it's like you can't trust the Internet. And and then other people, I think you just got to kind of enjoy it for what it is. Yeah, it can be a little bit of a nuisance. I don't know if you saw, Bell, that um, Amazon put up an older version of their website that you had to click past to actually get to Amazon today.
1: Uh, I did not see that. I heard the whole Amazon button thing where, like, you order one product with a little button. And I thought that was their joke.
0: No, oh no, I didn't see that. That's uh, maybe maybe it was a combination of the two. I don't know. Yeah, well, one way or the other, we we did have a little bit of fun with it. Of course, last year we did the uh, Jaden Smith as uh, as a Wally West rumor that we <laughs> we put out there and <laughs> made a lot of people mad because I think we were able to trick a few people with that one. But uh, hey, you know what? It's apropos, right? Because of course we do have the trickster that we'll be talking about in tricksters that we're about to be talking about. But I ho- I do hope that uh, everybody had a little bit of fun with that. If uh, if <laughs> If, if not, hate us a little bit for it as well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I figured, you know, like just just tweeting it out on the Flash TV account wasn't going to be enough. And so I saw earlier that uh, Daniel Panabaker uh, released a shot of the uh, on the e! online Instagram account of her holding the script for the season finale. And so that picture was clear enough for me to tell what kind of font it was, the, the picture that they used on the thing. It just basically it made a facsimile of the of the script. And I was like, this will help sell it. <laughs> it was I good, mean, man. Yeah, I, I I thought I thought I made a pretty good facsimile of of the script there, and uh, I, I when you when you're telling you tell me that people were like dissecting it and stuff like that made me super happy because uh, I I knew like I I went as as close attention to detail as I could. No man, it's good stuff. Like a
0: lot of people were saying, you know, I like you know we we did get some comments. I know this is April Fools, but I wish it wasn't.
1: I wish and, it wasn't uh... too. <laughs> like I that would be so awesome. I don't know. Maybe they'll see my magic microsoft word talent and they'll they'll
0: (laughs) maybe maybe (laughs) that'll get you the bump right there yeah i don't know man i don't know but hey uh we did have some fun with that so uh i hope you guys did as well of course i've got some big news man Uh, this is not an april fools uh my family has grown in size my flash family has added a new kid flash to it um and she is doing great she's beautiful and she is eating like crazy and she is doing everything that happens after you eat like crazy so um, <laughs> a lot of that, that stuff, but yeah, it's been nice. And, uh, last night was the first night where the, the lack of sleep really hit me hard, but, um, I'm here, I'm, I'm energized, man. And I'm, uh, I'm ready to talk some flash. Of course, before we jump into the episode tonight, which is a fantastic episode, cannot wait to talk about it. Mm-hmm. We got to give a little bit of props to what's going on over on the Twitter account. Uh, if you are not familiar with the rogues rumble, you should be. Uh, it is something that we've did last year. It's something that we're doing this year. And, of course, we have been – we broadcasted out before we actually started the Rogues Rumble where it's, uh, by popular vote, a March Madness-style bracket of who the Flash's greatest villain is. Um, It is popular vote. That's the thing. I mean, Bell, you were ousted in the first round between uh, Rainbow Raider and Heatwave because you mentally assessed that Rainbow Raider could probably take Heatwave. However, because it's popular vote, Heatwave uh, ended up winning that one.
1: Yeah, you know, you got to vote for who you want to win, right? Not who you think's going to win.
0: Sure, I mean, you gotta you got to put your team going all the way.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I, I just think, I don't know, I, I like Rainbow Raider. I like the uh, the whole emotional spectrum thing and, and all that kind of stuff. And I thought that was really, really neat. And it opens up a lot of doors on The Flash. And so that's why I chose Rainbow Yeah, Rainbow. and I get I, that, I man.
0: Cool. I, I just don't think, I think that like, you know, for a, a minority of viewers, uh, you know, they kind of get that. They get behind that. But I, I think the vast majority of people kind of dismiss them immediately because they don't really get what potential he has but i'm sure they will in this series anyway if
1: you've read the comics though he rides a rainbow surfboard it's, yeah. just, it's amazing <laughs> it's, so, it's so ridiculous and it's it's amazing it,
0: it's, it's a beautiful thing no man yes. uh but of course uh, as we broadcast today april 1st um i think uh, captain cold is going up against mist and captain cold is absolutely dominating uh we will end up tallying the votes after we get done uh, recording live and tomorrow for the rogues rumble what do we got going on all right, so tomorrow we actually have Captain Boomerang going up against Cobalt Blue. That should be an
1: interesting one. Ooh, yeah, that should be pretty interesting. Yeah, I
0: think I actually I I don't want to like tip it here, but I think I do I think I do have Cobalt Blue beating out Boomerang, but I'm not 100%
1: on that. Yeah, well, yeah. I, you know, that that could go either way, really. I mean, cuz they're both popular, you know. Well, but one is well, hmm.
0: I don't know that Boomerang has really found his TV fan base yet, cuz I mean, he was cool in the the, you know, blink and you miss it episode that he was on of yeah. arrow i guess uh but they haven't really kind of fully fleshed out that character on flash and cobalt blue of course is very obscure if you don't know the comics
1: that's true that's true so i mean if you're a comics fan and you haven't watched the show very much then i no, can see yeah. you know going cobalt blue all the way but if you watch the show and you're not familiar with the comics, then yeah, you're going to choose Boomerang.
0: Maybe I don't know. We'll see what we'll see what ends up happening. But of course, uh, you need to be following us on Twitter to participate in the voting for that. I know a lot of you guys have sent in your brackets, and I actually, um, the, I guess it was yesterday, I went through a couple of them just to see who was out and who was still in. And I think for the most part, most brackets are still in the uh, in the running. So good, congratulations good. to the vast majority of you. Uh, also, speaking of congratulations, we will be giving away a free digital comic at the end of this episode because we have hit over. 100 ratings on iTunes. So thank you all so much for helping us get to that, uh, that triple digits right there. And uh, hopefully one of you, well, not hopefully, definitely one of you will be getting <laughs> a free digital comic from us. The Flash After Show, you familiar with this? Um, I think so. Yeah, the stream.tv. You know, they have a website. They do a lot of uh, directly after the show hype type of uh, shows. A lot of really fun stuff on YouTube. If you uh, head over to the stream, the stream.tv right now, you can find a lot of after shows for a lot of different shows. Uh, but for this last past one on Tricksters, they gave us a shout out. Gave us a nice little bump for our John Wesley ship episode. So, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, definitely big shout out to uh, the Flash after show. Love, love that. So, um, check them out. You know, we come the day after the show, but they are directly after the show. So check them out for sure. The The Rundown. Rundown. Episode 17, Tricksters, directed by Ralph Himmaker and story by... Andrew Kreisberg. Belle, what happened in this episode?
1: Well, this episode, Barry and Joe go after a terrorist, Axel Walker, who goes by the name Trickster... Axel sets a diversion for the Flash so that he can break James Jesse, the original trickster from 20 years prior, out of prison. James and Axel attempt to extort wealthy patrons by poisoning them and ransoming the antidote. When the Flash arrives, the tricksters fit him with a bomb that will detonate if he stops moving. Dr. Wells coaches Barry on how to vibrate his molecules so that he can phase through objects, which removes the bomb. Afterward, Barry provides an antidote to all the patrons before capturing the tricksters. Later, the Flash reveals his identity to Eddie so he can help keep Iris from looking into Dr. Wells for her own protection. In flashbacks, after failing to kill Barry as a child, the reverse Flash escapes down the road only to lose his speed. Gideon informs him that traveling back in time has drained his powers. He removes his mask to reveal the real Eobard Thawne. Eobard stalks Dr. Wells and reveals the particle accelerator is not built until the year 2020. He then appears uh, to kill Wells and steal his appearance and identity so that he can develop the particle accelerator sooner and return to his timeline. All right, man,
0: right out the bat here, we are dealing with so much awesome. I mean, this is one of those episodes, like, I mean, most of the actual series, but every single plot line is so epic. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've talked about before how with this particular episode, of course, we do see the return of Mark Hamill uh, to television and more specifically to this franchise and to this character. Uh, and so all eyes are on The Flash. I think it was heavily featured today on iTunes, uh, just you know, making sure that people were aware that Mark Hamill has reprised the role of the trickster in this episode. And I'm going to be completely honest. Going in, I was a little nervous about Mark Hamill as a trickster, not because of what he's done before. I mean, it was great for exactly what it was, but this is just the first time that I've seen him in anything in years. And so given that, you know, this is going to be that kind of first initial on onscreen um, experience, I was a little concerned that, you know, maybe it might be too Joker, you know, because I mean, obviously his voice is the voice of the Joker, Yes, um,
1: he is the personification of the Joker's voice.
0: Yeah, and I think I think it, you know, you, it, it we'd be remiss if we didn't say that. Obviously, there is is you know tones of the Joker that is pulled into this character. However, this character is not the Joker, and not only that, Hamill freaking brings
1: it. Well, keep in mind though that the Trickster was uh, made before the uh, before Hamill did the voice for the Joker.
0: No, 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 I, I realize, but I guess what I'm saying is uh, that you know you can see how one leads to the other.
1: Yes, 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 definitely. In fact, I want to say that his performance as Trickster is what uh, uh, helped land him the part for Joker in the Batman animated series. Probably. I'm
0: sure that went went into part of it. I mean, wasn't he also I think we've talked about this and, and never really got a uh, figured out what it was. But either him being the Joker also got him to be um, uh, the hobgoblin on Spider-Man's animated series or vice versa. I can't remember which came first, but uh, the, the voice is very, very similar.
1: Yes, and it, and yeah, but you're absolutely right. There, he does totally just yeah, you, know, you know, balls to the wall, excellent performance.
0: I mean, seriously, Silence of the Lambs, eat your heart out. This, like you know, when we talked to John Wesley Shipp, he even mentioned how Hamill's trickster is much more cynical and sadistic, and you know, a darker and and just you know, this take is so like almost eons away from what he was before, and yet what he was before played so well into this. You know, I mean. Not even retired, but um,
1: I guess uh, weathered trickster. Well, it's so perfect though because you know he. So, have you seen the, the 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 original trickster episode in the nineteen ninety flash? It's show? one of those things I've seen clips of it, but I've never actually seen the full episode. So you look at the trickster there, and then you look at the trickster now, and it's 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 like wow, like Mark Hamill really looked at this character and just sat down and was like, "What would twenty years of isolation in this prison do to this guy?" Oh yeah. And and just like that level of dedication, like just you know, cause cause he, he's like super like super zen, right? You know, he, he's in a lotus position, <laughs> uh, like meditating. Right when they come in, just like I'm sure, just thinking of all these crazy ideas and things like that. And uh, he he's just like, yeah, it, it's almost like his his uh, uh, sadisticness and all these kind of things have just distilled down. And so while he might have been a little you know over the top and crazy earlier, now it's 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 kind of like you know it's all that all that's been boiled off and all you have left. It's just this, yeah, just crazy like trickster, just essence of just awesomeness, and it was perfect. Like and I thought he did a wonderful job.
0: Yeah, man, and I mean, like you know, I, the taunting—he you know, refers to um, uh, Papa Joe as Joseph, and he yeah. has he has that kind of you know regal gentleman that he, the way that he greets them is just so. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I'm. Like I said, going into it, admittedly, my expectations were relatively low just for, for fear of what we might be walking into. But dude, in freaking incredible. I, I hope and I pray that his trickster will return to the series. That was the great thing, man. Neither him nor his son, which we'll freaking talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, neither of them actually got killed or I guess they did get apprehended, although it all happened off screen.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was kind of off screen and we never really see, I mean, are they in the pipeline? I'm sure they're back in prison. Actually. They gotta be
0: back in prison because they're... Well, who do we talk? Wasn't there somebody they put down in the pipeline that was human? Pied Piper. They put Pied Piper in the pipeline. Pied Piper in the pipeline. Hmm. They put him down in the basement uh, and he was a human and we kind of had some issues with that at the time. But, uh, but yeah, I I don't think, I don't think that um, Trickster, I mean, the other thing too, is this is a high profile criminal. I don't think the Flash could kind of sneak him under the radar into the basement without people noticing.
1: That's true. The meta humans nobody really knows about, but I mean, everybody. well, uh, honestly, people didn't seem to remember the trickster. It had been twenty years, so, like people were kind of <laughs> like, you know, oh, yeah, whatever. let's just grab these floating boxes and explode like I, that kid. yeah, but uh, you 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 talking about Henry, yeah, Henry,
0: it's a good name. yeah, no he uh, <laughs> he yeah, I, I, the thing is though, I don't know that um even if you were a trickster buff and you saw that happen, I don't know that you would think immediately trickster. to me, I see that and I think viral marketing campaign.
1: Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I'm mainly referencing the fact that like, you know, after they started exploiting, that kid still wanted to grab one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was not the smartest kid. I
1: didn't think Henry's, about that. Henry's self-preservation uh, instincts <laughs> I hadn't quite kicked in yet. No,
0: no. So, all right. So let me ask you this. Twizzlers or Red Vines?
1: Um, I You know, I like both. The last one that I've had recently was Red Vines. Um, so I'm going to say Red Vines.
0: I can't stand either. I, I do not see the appeal.
1: Oh, they're delicious I don't, I don't know what you're talking about I,
0: don't know. I, I thought it was funny the whole you know walk in with the treat for the criminal in the cage but uh but yeah i was i was sitting there thinking like i wonder which one those are like perhaps neither <laughs> perhaps neither actually was willing to to uh, shell out the cash to be the official you know uh candy treat of the the criminal mastermind
1: well you know they look like they came in from like a bag from like a, a sweet shop so they might be you know local central city candy shop off brand yeah, well, not not no, not not like off-brand, like uh, uh like artisan. Oh, right, you know, Twizzlers.
0: Because uh, that that's what it is these days. It's not off-brand. It's artisan.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> no, I, I like it. It's good. I know off-brand you've... is stuff like you know,
0: it's like a big cave, like the Kroger Coca Cola instead of Coke. Yeah, it's big yeah, K. exactly,
1: exactly. Yeah,
0: no, no, no. I'm aware. But uh,
1: you know, if you have a a, a, a shop that sells you know custom made sodas and stuff, that's artisanal, right? Yeah, that's not that's not off-brand Coke. That's its own thing
0: yeah now uh, we'll we'll have the hipster debate some other time <laughs> we do get a chance to see the trickster and the new trickster or the trickster 2 now i couldn't figure out if they were calling him that like the number 2 or to O two.
1: um probably both you think so maybe i mean yeah because it's like okay so he is a second trickster but i mean unless you see like you know ooh, that's a good idea watch the episode with subtitles on see what they say Well,
0: oh, there you go there you go hey no what did you think about this kid
1: I thought he looked a lot cooler with the mask on.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely.
1: Definitely. Like that. They're called Domino mask, right?
0: Yeah. Well, it's a it's a Domino styled mask. I think a, your traditional Domino is more uh, rounded as opposed to diamond shape. Ah, okay. But uh, I got to tell you, when when we first got him with his first video, I was very unimpressed. Really? Yeah. I mean, like you know, obviously the uh, the mass murdering and and mayhem of the bombs and everything else was you know it was very comic book-esque and very great for uh, for what this villain should and could be but i just i don't know i didn't feel like he really kind of sold being the trickster
1: it was it reminded me of a couple scenes from the original 90s uh flash episode like uh, there's one point where he's trying to capture the flash and so he pulls this like uh he pulls the trickster mobile around uh, and he's got this big statue of him and he's trying to get people to gather around because there's bombs attached to it it's going to blow up right right uh and so I could I don't know, I could kind of see it cuz like he has a sort of monologue thing and it's 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 it, as opposed to him uh cuz of this new trickster he's you know videotaping himself right. and putting it on the internet. That's how he's getting his audience whereas right. the trickster in the 90s show was like uh kind of gathering people cuz people would go see this, you know, crazy looking vehicle or like you know this this crazy character and just kind of like walk over to him or whatever. Uh so I I could see some uh similarities there, but uh I thought it was okay. I I, I didn't mind it.
0: Well, I I adjusted to it I mean I I think once we actually got the big Star Wars moment, and it was a huge Star Wars moment with oh, the yeah. "I am your father." And then not only that, but right after that scene, they actually do a George Lucas style cutaway to the next scene. Did you catch that?
1: Was it the crossfade, like the 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 fade where they faded? I don't. Maybe I didn't see it. I don't know.
0: No, yeah, it wasn't like you know. It was it was actually from top to bottom. But yeah, it was the exact same style of uh, of transition.
1: Yeah, because they do that a lot in Star Wars. That's neat. I had to watch that episode. I watched it twice last night, actually.
0: (laughs) It's a good one, man. I mean, honestly, after last week, we really needed a good one, and they hit it out of the park.
1: Yes. Well, no, I disagree with you on that. I don't think we needed a good one after last week. I thought last week was fine, too. Uh, It's just ever since they came back from the hiatus, every episode has been stellar.
0: Yeah, well, uh, we'll agree to disagree on that one. But this one, for sure, definitely was. Now, after he did do the whole I am your father moment, for some reason that resold me on the idea of this new trickster. Like I, I liked him. Maybe it was because I saw him more as a henchman in the second act or, or you know, the second half, but, uh, but I liked him a lot. And I liked the dynamic that he had with the original trickster uh, with kind of that father son motif, you know, even though they're villains and they're psychopaths and they're murdering people, there is kind of this human element of, you know, he's telling this man that, you know, you're my hero. And then he finds out that that man is his father. Now, of course, the twisted element is that that man is a psychopath and a supervillain, but still,
1: it was somewhat heart <laughs> well, heart wrenching, right? I was I was I was halfway expecting, you know, for him to be like, oh, daddy, or something like that, and then uh, Mark Hamill's Trickster to be like, nah, 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 I'm just joking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> could have done that, definitely could have done that. But but the father son thing that was definitely a theme of the episode. I mean, not only do we get the father son relationship with the Tricksters, you know, we and also that nod at the very beginning with the Henry being the son who the father sees rescued by the flash uh, but of course it all leads up to this big moment between not only Barry and his father but uh, Henry Allen and the entire team flash after he is kidnapped by the tricksters and they have kind of their uh, they kind of I guess back and forth Barry comes in he saves his dad he unmasks it's a powerful moment of course we all kind of suspected anyway that Henry knew he did not seem that like shocked. But you did get the sense of like just being very impressed and like overwhelmingly proud of his son.
1: Well, come on, we all knew the moment that he had the speech in the hospital when he got beat up uh, for leaking the information. We, well, I mean, we knew at that point that he knew.
0: Absolutely, but of course that leads into the big. I mean, it was a big pass the torch moment when he actually goes into Star Labs and you know he talks about how how all of these guys are heroic, especially Harrison Wells. He comes up, he shakes his hand, and of course Barry is dying a little bit inside because this entire episode. Barry's been dealing with the realization that Harrison Wells is, in fact, the man in the yellow suit and is responsible for his mother's death, which makes every single scene from the beginning of the episode till the end very intense between the two of them.
1: And he was not hiding how he felt at all. No. Well, you know, he does not have a poker face. No, he does not. He is very, very honest. And it's it's like this is the dangerous guy, you know, that's been in Central City in 20 years. And he's like. Until the particle accelerator exploded. Yeah, I know, right? He's just like... Hey. Harrison! As he, like, you know, stares daggers into his chest. <laughs> yeah, dude,
0: Barry, not a good, not a smooth move there. I mean, you know, yes, you're right, but if you're right, then that means you don't want him to know that you're right, at least not yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, keep that element of surprise, right?
0: You gotta make you a know, plan.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: But, uh yeah, now that was... Uh, that was great and i i thought that um because of that emotional tension between the two like that really builds towards what i'm assuming we'll get in the next if not next episode i guess the next right i mean there they are somebody's got to make a play here
1: well i've got some speculation uh, i'm not going to put it in speech speculation because it's kind of spoilery because uh, i did go through that one minute trailer for the rest of the season uh frame by frame multiple times (laughs) all right
0: all right we'll we'll save that we'll talk about we'll save that
1: for spoilers we'll we'll, we'll talk about that but just you know keep, keep that thought in mind
0: well let's talk about harrison wells the real harrison wells we actually got a chance um you know actually throughout the episode not only did we get a chance to see the uh 15 years ago but we actually got to see moments from the future past right we got a chance to see barry in the very opening scene fighting the reverse flash and not only just fighting him dude barry's wearing a new
1: suit so I couldn't really tell because you know I'm I'm just I'm at my wits end with Time Warner cuz every time I DVR stuff now it gets really grainy and terrible and most of those really really intense scenes were grainy and terrible and I was so mad.
0: Oh, that's no good, man. No, you need to get it, get it on Amazon. I pre-ordered the season so I get it, I get it the next day.
1: Oh, neat. Okay, well I'll need to do that cuz I I want like, you know, actual high resolution
0: yeah or good you know the other thing too is uh hulu right you can you can watch them on hulu the next day and i don't even think you need a hulu plus subscription
1: okay well yeah then i need to go through that and because uh, the the last you know 10 minutes of the episode were all kind of like the audio was terrible and the video kept jumping around and being all grainy and stuff and uh yeah time warner i hope you listen to this because i hate you so much <laughs>
0: Well, I'll tell you this, man. If you go to flashfans.org, they do have some screen captures there. But yeah, man, Barry is wearing a suit that looks overall very similar to the one that he's wearing now, except it does seem to have a little bit more of the yellow highlights. And most notably, the symbol on his chest is not the Flash television symbol. It is actually more the Flash comic book symbol, so that it's actually the white background with the yellow uh, lightning bolt going through it.
1: That's good news, though. That's really cool.
0: Yeah, man. I'm, I'm. And actually, that even that symbol, it, that's also kind of a throwback to the future. Uh, with that throwback new, to the future. <laughs> yeah. Well, with that newspaper, right? Because the Harris, Harrison Wells was uh, or H.G. Bard was actually reading the newspaper, and we got the chance to see Barry in the future that said Flash missing. He's wearing a costume that more resembles his comic book costume, and the symbol in that image was the yellow over the white.
1: Ah, uh, okay, cool.
0: Yeah, so I think we're moving, we're making steps towards the future, one way or the other. But I did love the fact that there are nods to whatever that is in the future past. We will see Barry in a new suit, so I'm, I'm excited to see kind of how that that comes into play in the near future. We do get introduced to uh, two people. We get introduced to Eobard Thawne as he first appeared in the past, as well as the original Harrison Wells, which answers a big question about how. Eabard has been able to portray Harrison Wells throughout these last 15 years.
1: Now, I want to say that I called the bit where he replaced Harrison Wells. That's why Harrison Wells' blood wasn't found at the scene, because it's not Harrison Wells' blood. Well, but I recall s- saying something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is true. And and you did you did definitely call that. Now, I think what I didn't get the first time watching this episode, but got the second time, after Eobard does the um uh dna resequencer mutate zapper thing Mm -hmm. face off that's what it is it's face off with uh, (laughs) that john travolta and and nicholas cage and uh (laughs) once he pulls that then uh then i think it actually overwrites his own dna so it's not just his face off it's also his dna which is being adapted to be harrison wells
1: see i don't think that's the case because if that was the case then they'd have found his blood at the place
0: if Harrison Wells, if you were to draw Eobard Thawne as we know him on the show today, if you were to draw his blood, it would match the Harrison Wells of 20 years ago. Is what I'm saying because I think that whatever whatever he did, it wasn't just his face. It seemed to actually like suck all of who Harrison Wells is, including kind of his, you know, his his skin, his flesh, his blood, his bones, all that stuff just kind of ripped right out of him and went into Eobard.
1: Oh, that's true because he wasn't Harrison Wells at that point when he got cut in the uh, in the house. Right. Counts. Exactly exactly that's true dude when he pulled off that mask
0: did that kind of like like mess you up for a minute
1: yes it did very much so and then like if i had drink in my mouth or something like that it would be all (laughs) over my tv i'd be like
0: dude what this is like the like best april fool's joke ever (laughs)
1: because i was sitting there watching it and i go wait a second because for for a split second my brain was like is that hunter zolomon and i had Mm -hmm. to pause it and i was like wait let's think through this oh yeah he's gonna he's got to replace hd wells at some point so this makes sense that was but it was super cool i'm so glad it caught me by surprise right like i i I was uh you know because you know sometimes you you call things you know yes or whatever and uh so the spoil like the surprise can be kind of spoiled right yeah yeah it
0: was a good way to actually like screw with all of us who had been uh, kind of pulling for him to be eobard from the beginning and it's like oh you thought you knew nah we're just messing with you it totally is him
1: yeah exactly exactly
0: (laughs) But no, I loved that. And actually getting a chance to see Tom Kavanaugh play both Eobard Thawne and Harrison Wells is really, really great because Harrison Wells is not Eobard Thawne. In fact, the way that Tom plays that character is very, very different. He's a much more loose guy. He's hanging out. He's having a good time with his wife. And then when actually we get to see Eobard portrayed by not Tom Kavanaugh, he's very much channeling Tom Kavanaugh's H.G. Eobard, right? And just kind of his... Um, shattering of his lines where he's pausing but then he's speaking really fast and then he's pausing
1: again so yeah so Matt Lester uh, did a really 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 good job uh I want to know it seems like he must have you know shadowed Tom Kavanaugh for oh, totally. months yeah because because Tom Cavanaugh like he, you know it, you're, you're absolutely right when you when we see him talking he's so excited about uh about you know the, this particle accelerator and all this stuff and it's just like completely different. Uh, well, he's happy. In, he's
0: not intense, and that's what we know from uh, H. Geobard Is he is so very intense on everything that he does and says.
1: And 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 yeah. And then when Matt goes there and he says that line, uh, you know, she's been dead for centuries. Like that was just perfect. Yeah.
0: Oh no, is is a perfect copying or, or uh, shadowing or, or what have you of what Tom Cavanagh has brought to Eobard Thon. And it really just lets you know what's going on. Now, that entire sequence, actually, of the face-off is a great reference to a uh, to actually the Eobard Thawne origin story that was portrayed in The Return of Barry Allen. Uh, now, this is a really, really awesome uh, series storyline from the comics. It is collected in graphic novel, and, uh, and it's not too spoilery for me to actually tell it to you because... They've changed so many things about these characters that there is no way that they're going to essentially do this exact same storyline in the comics in the return of Barry Allen it takes place during uh, a period of time in which Barry Allen is dead uh, his protege kid flash Wally West has grown up to become the flash and one day as Wally West has been able to you know kind of find himself in his own he's starting to actually kind of you know be the flash he doesn't have any kind of qualms about it. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, Barry Allen reappears. And he doesn't know how to deal with this because he was the Flash. And while on the one hand, he was really excited that his mentor has returned, he hasn't been that pleased with how Wally West has actually been handling his uh, his memory. In fact, Barry is really mean to Wally. And Wally is kind of you know tragically trying to find his way in the world. And it's a really intense story you come to find out that this is actually Eobard Thawne coming from the future. The idea being that he came from the future. He was a, He's a big fan in the future of Barry Allen. He even got facial reconstructive surgery to look like Barry Allen. He comes back into our present, his past, and gets confused. He has like some sort of time travel sickness that messes him up. He actually believes that he himself is Barry Allen, which is why he goes around telling people that. I mean, he looks like him. He knows everything about Barry Allen. He must be Barry Allen. But while he's there, while he's in the present, he realizes who he is. He's Ibarthon, And not only that, he is the reverse Flash, the villain of the Flash, his big hit, biggest hero. So he goes insane. He, uh, he tortures Wally West and then he leaves to go back further in time where he would then reestablish himself in the past as the reverse flash. Did
1: you follow all that? I think so. So he goes back in time. Is he the reverse flash when he goes back in time?
0: Yeah, uh, no. Originally when in in the comics anyway, the idea is that he goes back in time as just Eobarthon super fan of Barry Allen.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes back in time Eobarthon super fan realizes that he's not Barry Allen, that he actually is the reverse Flash, goes insane, and becomes the reverse Flash.
0: Right, and then leaves to go further back in time where he establishes himself as the reverse Flash then. Gotcha. Yep. So, uh, anyway, so obviously there's elements that are being pulled from that, but the whole facial reconstructive surgery, they actually kind of pulled that storyline in, if I may, reverse, because the Heobard Thawne that we see, who comes back in time, has kind of the blonde hair look, but uh, and then changes himself to look very different from that. Whereas in the comics, Eobard looked very different, but because Barry Allen is kind of a blonde-haired dude, gets kind of the blonde-haired look. So I, th- I thought it was kind of a neat twist on uh, on that storyline.
1: Yeah, I was kind of uh, uh, thinking that maybe they would, you know, make him look more like Grant Gustin because of that storyline from uh, the Return of Barry Allen. But I'm kind of glad that they didn't, and they went with like you know the classic comic. Well, sort they're of
0: doing look. they're doing their own thing, and that's the beautiful thing. I mean, we've talked about it before. the The greatest part about comic book stories being told in new media is that they get a refreshed version of the stories that's not as convoluted.
1: Well, sure, sure, sure. Yeah they they're nodding to the comics by keeping him with the blonde hair, but I was wondering if they're going to nod to the comics by making him look like Grant Gustin. So there's two ways they can do that, right? Yeah, they don't have to go and say he's trying to look like. Barry Allen, they just do it, and if they make him look kind of like Grant Gustin, that's just a, a you know a, a wink to the audience, right?
0: Well, and some people have argued that actually Tom Kavanaugh and Grant Gustin
1: have a similar look. Yeah, I could see. I mean, they they both have brown hair and eye and eyebrows, and yeah. uh,
0: thought it was a cool nod with the whole face off thing. I did think it was interesting that uh, Harrison Wells comes back to the past without any kind of full on contingency about how he's going back to his time, and yet he has this facial reconstructive device, but who knows? Maybe in the future we all carry around DNA resequencers,
1: uh, Or, you know, yeah. I mean, maybe he got Gideon to help him build one or something like that.
0: Could be. Could be. Gideon uh, seems to be on top of things. We got to actually see a little, um, you know, head floating out of his watch. Yeah. It's the Apple or- iWatch of the future.
1: <laughs> Gideon, they they're going to call it the Gideon.
0: Yeah, the Gideon. I like it. Yeah. It needs to happen. As much as was uh, hugely revealed with the reverse flash, the major plot line of this episode is the trickster's plotline. Um, we get a chance to see the central city dealing with the return of one of its greatest villains and and greatest terrorists that they've ever had. And what do they do? What does captain Singh do in the midst of this? He turns to Joe and he says, someone has to alert the flash. Now for me, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, we've gotten nods to this before. This is the first time we've actually seen the police full on acknowledge the flash as a sanctioned vigilante in this
1: in this uh, city, which is huge. You know, it, it's super huge, right? Because, like, you know, the, the, Batman was never legitimized. Uh, uh, Oliver Queen, you know, the Green Arrow, like, he he's not legitimized. Like, no. they're, they're still trying to, you know, find him, right?
0: Well, it depends on if you're talking about the television show, that's true. But in the comics, Green Arrow has been legitimized from time to time.
1: Okay, well, yeah. But, I mean, you know, the TV show and sometimes in the comics. But, you know, th- this, this is huge for the police captain to be like, we need the Flash. For them to, you know, trust this guy and... It just kind of, you know, he just he says the line, right? Yeah. And 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 it, I, I was I was expecting like a lot of fanfare and like you know you know th- th- kind of go on a little bit about that and and maybe somebody say like you know how can we trust this guy? Then there'd be a speech about hey this guy you know he, he's he's a hero, right? But <laughs> they are just like we gotta let the Flash. No,
0: and it's so- it's general acceptance, man, and it's a good move that hopefully I mean I think this is kind of like a baby step towards overall the city fully embracing the Flash as its hero, as its patron saint. You know, one of the things that I think we we both really want to see happen at some point is the establishment of a Flash museum.
1: Yes, got to have the Flash museum.
0: Yeah, and so seeing more kind of legitimate legitimate uh, channels for the hero to be accepted within the city makes me feel good and especially because Captain Singh was so um he was anti-Flash and then he was just on the fence for like the longest time, but this is really this is a good move, man. I think Captain Singh kind of represents the establishment of Central City, and, uh, and that's, a, that's a good move in that direction. Absolutely. Now, with the Trickster's plan to take over the, uh, the ball by poisoning everybody's alcohol, buddy, we'd be dead.
1: Yeah, because I usually get to those kind of things early. Because open bar, dude. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and I thought about that when he was like, "I poisoned everybody's alcohol." I was like, "Oh, me and Bell are already dead. That's not yeah. good. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> it's
1: game over, man."
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that was. Uh, I loved the way that he kind of put together all of these different plans. Like this, the um, aside from just kind of the trick of tricking everybody to think that he was helping them catch the trickster, uh, their first big heist as father and son going to the mayor's. Fundraiser and getting all of these people to you know give them their money, and they're just sitting there counting their money up on the the podium, and uh, you know he's like, oh, this is great, Junior, lobsters on me, like I love that man. <laughs> that made me so happy.
1: Twenty years in prison. Oh yeah, and just still at at his heart, he just loves a good heist.
0: Yeah, yeah. And by the way, twenty three years in prison is not the best uh, pickup line, I don't think. Oh wait. He had that big dark night moment with, um, you know, hello, beautiful with uh, with Iris.
1: Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah.
0: And his, his line was, you know, I've been in prison for the last 23 years.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, great, um, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And I mean, obviously, she was just swooning after that.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I would be if some chick came up to me and was like, hi, I've been in prison for 23 years. It's like, when did you go to prison?
0: <laughs> Look, the great thing is, not only did he have this really, really great uh, plan, he also actually has a great contingency on top of it with the uh, with the bomb attached to Barry that forces him to constantly run. Now, this is a concept that's been explored several times in different uh, directions, but for me, this immediately recalled the uh, animated film Justice League Doom.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, this was... I think we watched it in season zero, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. We we talked about this in the past because there's another time when uh, there were some things that Barry had to go collect, right? And I I think I mentioned that where... I thought one of them would be a trick, right?
0: Okay, so yes. I mean, like, both things definitely a—I um, a, don't know if trope is the right word, but definitely something that we've seen before, with mm-hmm. Barry being sent all over the city to go find something, and then also Barry being attached to something that forces him to constantly stay in motion. Um, of course, in the episode of uh, Smallville Justice, when Lex Luthor captures the Flash, or I guess they called him—I guess it was Impulse at the time— uh, he traps him in a containment that forces him to constantly move, otherwise he's going to get shocked to death. With Justice League Doom, um, I believe it was Mirror Master? Ooh, I can't remember exactly who it was. But somebody attaches something to Flash that forces him to constantly be in motion.
1: No, um, he gets trapped in the Mirror Realm.
0: The Mirror is- the Mirror Realm that you're thinking of is um, from an episode of Justice League Unlimited. Yeah, that was right. Never mind. Yeah, no, no, no. In, uh, in, in Justice League Doom, there's a bomb that's attached to him that he has to kind of constantly stay running, otherwise the bomb is going to uh, go off, and uh, and blow him up. And so, you know, the idea there was that Batman had a contingency plan for all of the different Justice Leaguers, and that's the one that he had established with the Flash. Uh, now here we get a chance to see that Barry, in this situation, Barry finds himself at a loss at what to do. Eobard tells him, look, the only way that you can deal with this is actually to phase through something and leave it behind you. This is the first time that we've actually finally gotten a chance to see the Flash phase through anything,
1: which was super cool, by the way.
0: Yeah, it was awesome, except it was a big you know, tip in the bean can moment for Eobard because obviously he's describing a lot of things. He actually references by name the Speed Force and talks almost, I mean, kind of seductively about what it's like to run that fast.
1: Oh, so good. Like that, that was my favorite part of that episode. I uh, was just watching him describe it running at super speed and just cuz you know cuz that's the thing right you know he doesn't have a lot of uh a lot of speed force energy that he can utilize so he can't always run uh like Barry can and so but just just think of how you know liberating and how freeing and empowering that would be just to to, to be able to run like that and just you know feel the wind on your face and all that kind yeah. sort of stuff and like it was just so just poetic how he described it yeah i mean
0: it was almost course, like he was in love with the concept
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. The problem there is, it's like when you're talking to another speedster, like we as normal people could never describe that feeling because we'd never experienced it. But Harrison Wells clearly has experienced it. And now Barry clearly knows that he's a speedster because the only way that you'd be able to know what it feels like is if you've done it before.
0: Well, when Henry was actually asking Barry about it, he's like, what is it like to just, you know, get out there and run like a bat out of hell? I mean, Barry stops, he looks at Harrison Wells and he says, you know, something to the extent of like, there's no words to describe it, or no one would understand it but me. I can't remember what he said, but essentially, he's just thinking to himself: his dad has no idea what this is like, but Harrison Wells knows what this is like.
1: Yeah, so that's that's instantly just fishiness, right?
0: Yeah. So, um, but one way or the other, man, I, I've got some different thoughts about Harrison Wells and 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 you know how his power set works and and what was kind of revealed in all of this. But first, I want to make mention of the fact that Iris. Man, Iris is really getting
1: a raw deal. Can we call her Lyris now, since everyone lies to her?
0: Everyone lies to her. It's not cool, dude. She is the only person on this entire series that doesn't know Barry's secret, and there is literally
1: no reason for it whatsoever. Yeah, well, so I I was thinking about this the other day. And uh, so, you know, Barry, in uh, the two episodes ago, professed his love for Iris, and she was all like, yes, I love you. And he's like, I, I I wish I could have shown you this, you know, or, or, or told. I wish you could have told you as a flash without it, without this scenario, right? But
0: he said, like, I, I, this is not the way that I wanted to show you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the next episode, he professes his love to her, and she's like, and eh, no. And what I'm starting to think is, is that she's not in love with Barry per se, is she is in love with the Flash. And so when she finds out that they're one of the same, that's kind of what, because like you you see when she talks to the Flash, she's like, oh, you have a heavy heart, and like she's you know, the way she acts, the way she looks when she's around him Mm -hmm. is the way that she acts when, uh, like after Barry tells her that he loves her in the episode two uh, episodes ago. But
0: is there a good reason why anybody should be lying to Iris?
1: Oh, no, there's not a good reason why uh, anyone should lie to Iris. I I mean, I, I don't know. Other than to like, you know, she's a spunky kind of, you know, do her own thing kind of girl. And maybe she'd try to figure out
0: I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah. What are they worried about? I don't know. I it, it makes Iris look very, to some extent, stupid. I mean, I get that she's not fully buying all of this. And maybe this will all kind of, you know, it, maybe, who who knows, next episode, maybe Iris is just like, everybody's freaking lying to me. And like, you know, then she goes off on kind of her own path, perhaps, because she's, uh, she's bitter or frustrated or, you know, I mean, gosh, her father's lying to her. Her best friend is lying to her. Now her boyfriend is lying to her um her entire kind of you know friends outside of that kind of family internal unit has been lying to her everybody's lying to her i mean shoot what we should lie to her iris yeah um we think that uh coffee is terrible and you
1: are a um glorified paper uh newsie (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's one of those things where like okay so they're trying to protect her right by lying to her but if they told her the truth it'd be way more protecting if they just said look it's
0: bull man think- that's bull that doesn't make any sense whatsoever i mean think about it her her dad's a cop she's already like the go-to person for the flash so everybody knows if they want to get to her if get to the flash they need to go through her she's no more protected now than she would be if she knew
1: but the, the whole mason briggs thing where they're like stop looking into mason briggs why because harrison wells will kill you because he's the reverse flash yeah tell her that that's fine tell her all of that you know what i mean like if if she knew that harrison
0: wells like maybe then she would actually stop digging into it because now she knows why she doesn't need to dig into it
1: yeah but i think she can handle herself no i agree i completely agree so but maybe not maybe not with reverse flash because he's a speedster and you
0: know Anyway, I don't. I like. I just. There's, that, that's a, a quick soapbox. I, I think. Um, you know. I think that a lot of people have been feeling that Iris has been getting a kind of a, uh, a, a a a raw deal overall, right? It's the trope, right? It's the girlfriend trope in comics. I mean, granted, it's the significant other trope, but but more specifically, because you kind of generally have a lot more uh, heroes than you have heroines, uh, it seems that a lot of the times. Uh, the heroines seem to be more involved with other heroes where the heroes uh, seem to be more involved with non-heroines, right?
1: Yeah, he said heroin.
0: you said heroine. Follow me on this. <laughs> follow me on this. And so, you know, you end up in the situation, well, because the trope is that the significant other can't find out who the hero is, there's kind of this prolonging of that. Now, I realize that actually this team behind both Flash and Arrow uh, has, you know, really kind of the, broken the mold there and really revealed that secret to almost everybody. Which is kind of cool. And I like that. I think in today's post Avengers world, we're much more accepting of the idea that everybody can kind of know who the hero is. And it's not that big a deal as long as kind of the, you know, the populace doesn't know.
1: I could see that. Yeah. I mean, but, <laughs> but where do we draw the line? At what point do we say. Apparently, we draw the line at Iris. Well, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, it, 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 that's the thing, right? It's like everyone can know except Iris. But like, so it, is there a character where. Let's say if X character finds out that Barry's the Flash before Iris does, like, is there, is there a line that, that they can cross? Like, if Captain Singh finds out who the Flash is before Iris, or if, um, you know, whoever, is there a character that you think is going to find out that's just like way out of left field before Iris does? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, they, they keep revealing Barry's identity to just about everyone. I mean, Dr. Stein's wife knows who Barry is. Yeah, exactly, right? Freaking Exactly. Uh, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's like Doctor Stein's wife knows, and and Iris doesn't. Like why?
0: All right. Well, look, we've we've that that's the soapbox. I, I'm I'm very hopeful because I really do. I like Iris. I want I want to see more from Iris, and I, I just think the whole sideline thing can be problematic. I think it's one of the things that hurts. Like for example, if if you ever watch Smallville. Uh, One of the most painful parts of that series was trying to keep Lana at arm's length and it hurt her character because all the action was happening over here, but she can't know about it. And um, one of the great things was with that show is when they brought in Lois, you know, once she was kind of in this relationship with Clark, it wasn't very long before she knew what his secret was. And then she was much more in the action, much more, you know, in, in what was going on with the main story. So I, you gotta, you gotta bring Iris into the fold. And I'm hoping that once Doctor Wells goes full on Eobard, and and we've had kind of a, a shift in the balance of power. Hopefully that that she'll be you know be brought into the fold, but who knows? I we'll- just
1: I, I I can't I don't want Iris to learn who the Flash is from Eobard though, and I feel that's what's going to happen. I feel you know Eobard's going to get pushed up against the wall. He's going to kidnap Iris, and that's where Iris is going to figure out that Barry is the Flash. And I, I don't want that to happen. I would much rather you know, Barry, tell her at some point. Speedster speculation.
0: All right, man, we're already throwing out a ton of speculation anyway, so <laughs> might as well yeah. jump into this. Uh, I I've, I've, don't know if you noticed this. When Eobard Thawne actually goes back into the past and, uh, you know, that the big fight ensues, Barry goes off with uh, his younger self, Eobard ends up in the streets He talks to Gideon and Gideon talks about the fact that, you know, he no longer has access to the Speed Force, um, which kind of goes back to something we've talked about in the past, which is that, you know, Barry is and is generating the Speed Force. So the second that Barry leaves the past, there's no more access to the Speed Force in the past, which means that Eobard, theoretically anyway, is on his own.
1: But it's, it's interesting, though, because, yes, he is detached from the speed force, but his voice is still different and he's still vibrating. So what does right. this mean?
0: Yeah, man. So I'm wondering if this actually goes back to the idea that perhaps Eobard's suit is in some way giving him some form of, 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 uh, of superpowers. I don't know if it was Eobard or Hunter Zolomon, but one of the two actually did have a suit which gave them a power set that very much resembled super speed now it wasn't full-on super speed but it definitely kind of resembled it let him be able to kind of do what he needed to do in uh combating the flash and being able to you know get away with his crimes and his evil deeds
1: oh so maybe it was the suit that was vibrating
0: well and so i'm wondering if perhaps the suit itself you know we've, we've already seen in other scenes where um you know Eobard is doing something to the suit, right? He took the particle accelerator or whatever it was and put it on the suit to kind of absorb Speed Force. And so I get the idea that perhaps the suit itself is some sort of uh, a vehicle for either him tapping into it or just kind of absorbing it, so that even though the Speed Force is no longer providing the uh, the source of his powers, the suit has kind of some residual built up into it.
1: So now, is it safe to say though that since Barry is the Flash now, that reverse flash can tap into the speed force again or is he still limited oh
0: absolutely i mean that's okay. what we that's what we've been seeing and i mean yeah. to some extent it's he keeps on pushing barry to go faster and faster because the more that barry generates in the speed force the more uh, reverse speed force there is for him to be able to pull off of yeah and and actually if, if uh, you recall i can't remember what episode it was but uh when barry lost access to the speed force we started seeing harrison wells lose access to his powers
1: that's true
0: so it's, it's, you know, I mean, it goes back to what we said last week. It's, it's, there's a power battery aspect of what Barry is doing that allows Eobar to be able to access his powers and ultimately will allow him to break the time barrier and go back to the future. Yeah. Back to the future. Don't do that. Not can't. Don't do that every time. It's going to happen. I, just,
1: I, I can't help it. I just, I like that movie. Oh I'm my sorry.
0: gosh. All right. Anyway. So I thought that was kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's pretty neat. So, I, yeah, I, I like where they're going with that.
0: Here's here's my question to you to kind of speculate on. How did Nora Allen die? Because in that entire, you know, future past scene, we never actually see anybody kill Nora.
1: So what happens is Barry goes outside, saves himself. Uh, Eobard, you know, hits the street, starts rolling and stuff like that, gets up, walks the 16 blocks back to Barry's house, kills his mom, and then calls a cab and goes home.
0: <laughs> All right. Legitimate speculation now. <laughs>
1: I'm assuming that what happened was uh while they're fighting, um uh, maybe either before Eobard lunges for uh for 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 Kid Barry, uh while while they're kind of like, you know, fighting around Nora, that's mm. when it happens, maybe by maybe, maybe by accident. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I'm starting to think accident too, right? Because we I'm, know now that his motivation was to go back and kill young Barry. And in that scene, we just never actually see. Nobody nobody stabs her I mean she's stabbed right that's the whole idea.
1: Yeah yeah cuz uh you know that's that's why they uh get Henry Allen is because you know the murder weapon he had his prints on it and all that kind of stuff.
0: Right. Right. So, yeah there's a knife. Yeah. Wait, okay so there's so there is a knife with Henry Allen's prints. It does seem like it's intentional
1: not just by accident. Right i mean may- maybe henry pulled the knife out and tried to you know because he's a oh doctor. that's right he
0: said that right he said he pulled the knife out and he tried to um um to save her. yeah something to the wounds like pressurize it so that there was no more blood coming out
1: yeah put pressure on the wound all yeah. right so
0: that's how his prince got on there but but the fact that a knife is involved i guess maybe eobard brought a knife intended for barry but during the fight it fell out and landed on nora
1: or while they're fighting maybe uh you know he uh I don't know. He got it like because they're traveling super fast, right? So if he gets hit and he lets go of that thing, it's going to be traveling really fast. And so it's going to, you know, go and, and maybe maybe it just got knocked out of his hand and lodged itself in Nora's chest or wherever she got stabbed.
0: Could be. Could be. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see. I think there's a lot of potential for what they could do there, um, even kind of going the Peter Parker, uh, Gwen Stacy route of actually, you know, the, the Web intended to save her was actually what killed her.
1: Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes.
0: So, you know, who knows? Depends on how dark they want to take that that moment, which is already a pretty dark moment. But um one would imagine we'll see I mean by the season finale? I hope so. I would imagine it makes sense. Um here's another kind of point of interest and in, and in something that we I think we can safely speculate. Uh based on this episode and what we learned, Barry originally became the Flash in 2020. That is to say, before Eobard in you know, when before Eobard left the future, the Barry Allen flash of his time, uh, before the time was changed, was actually the flash in 2020.
1: Yes, but Eobard is from way far in the future though.
0: Right. But but so what he's when he came back and he killed Harrison Wells, he said in twenty twenty you're gonna do this particle accelerated thing, but I need it to happen much faster if I'm gonna get home. Yeah, yeah. So if that if that is true in in, in his history, Barry Allen was the, or or in his history, Barry Allen becomes the Flash and becomes the Flash because of the particle accelerator. It happened later on in in Barry's life. I don't know that that necessarily means anything too big a deal, but I just I think it's kind of a a point of interest.
1: Yeah, because what he would have been like five years later. Yeah,
0: and I can't I forget how that plays into the. um, And I guess fifteen years later is when the crisis is supposed to happen, right?
1: So the crisis happens 2024, I thought.
0: Okay, so in his timeline, because obviously the idea is that that is a pivotal moment in order for him to kind of stay on track, right? Yeah. So in his original history, I shouldn't say timeline, but in, in Eobard's history, Barry becomes a Flash in 2020, and then four years later, become the crisis happens and takes him out of the picture.
1: Yeah. Which... It's kind of interesting because if the crisis kills Barry, why does Eobard go back in time to kill him? Well, hey, that's
0: that's a good question, man.
1: Also, for that matter, Eobard's hundreds of years in the future. How did he know, how did Barry know that Eobard was going back in time to kill him?
0: Well, that's the paradox. That's And that's where we kind of get into the idea of the speed force exists outside of time. And so the, the idea is that the, the time itself is trying to heal itself. The problem is that you constantly have these speedsters going back and forth in it, and it's never able to fully heal, which creates this paradox, uh, John Connor type situation, if you will, in which, you know, it just it just happens like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's, no, there's no like really good way of ex- describing it, except for the fact that, like I said, um, I, I really like the idea. I mean, last week you talked about the idea of, of it being kind of this balance. You know, mm-hmm. there has to be kind of this one-for-one. One. And I don't fully, I th- I think yes, but I don't fully subscribe to that that concept. I think it is more of a healing in the way that uh, any kind of wound heals. You might have a scar there. And the problem is with time, if, you know, with with speedsters, it's almost like they're kind of going back and forth over that scar so it never can quite fully heal. And that's, I think, one of those moments in time where, because it exists outside of time time can never fully heal and fix itself thus we have the paradox that is you know the death of Nora allen yeah i think we've just confused everybody
1: <laughs> i think i'm thoroughly confused all right
0: well maybe that means we need to go ahead and move on but uh, that speaks to your speculation for this week hey this is patrick sabongi and you're listening to flash tv talk Whoa. Well, man, uh, thanks to be over at FlashFans.org, we've got a nice long list of the episodes coming up, just the titles. Uh, So, you know, a bit spoilery uh, if uh, if you don't want to be spoiled. So I guess just skip ahead like five, ten minutes or so. But, uh, yeah, so go ahead and read us what we got.
1: All right, so uh, next episode is going to be All-Star Team-Up, and that air date is April 14th. Yeah. Uh, Episode 19, uh, there's no name yet for it, but that's air dates April 21st. Episode twenty, the trap, air date April twenty eighth. Uh, episode twenty one, Grodd lives. Looking forward to that one. That's going to be on May fifth. Uh, the twenty second episode, Rogue air, and that air date is May twelfth. And the season finale, episode twenty three, titled Fast Enough, will be coming out May nineteenth.
0: Interesting. Despite the fact that we know that All Star Team Up is going to be the uh, you know the Adam and uh, Flash team up, and that's going to be exciting. I think Grodd Lives is definitely the one that captures my attention the most.
1: Yes. Now, uh, based off the uh, the one-minute trailer of the rest of the season that uh, we saw that we'll speculate on later, uh, I'm going to think that Rogue Air is going to be really good, and I think Grodd Lives is just going to be amazing, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's been in the
0: background all this time, and I, I really, I'm kind of ready for that gorilla to get out of the sewer.
1: Yes, I do want him <laughs> to get out of the sewer, but like, I'm scared, though, because I saw somebody in the sewer, and I don't... Fine, them.
0: fine, fine. I tell you what, we'll uh, we we'll, we'll punt it until uh, until the end of the show, and talk about the fact that the new Aero Flash spinoff that of course has just been all over the place uh, has cast Ciara Renee as Hawkgirl. Uh, great casting. The fact that Hawkgirl is going to be in the series, I think, is uh, is pretty huge and also kind of revealing. Um, you know, there's been a lot of confusion about what this spinoff is supposed to be. I mean, is it the Adam Show? You know, what is it? And I think we have kind of speculated that perhaps this is going to be the origins of some larger teams in this world, Um, specifically with perhaps Captain Cold gathering up supervillains and creating the Legion of Doom. Perhaps this will actually cause an atom to go out and gather up heroes to create maybe not the Justice League, but
1: Justice Society,
0: Justice Society. I could see that. Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, I don't think they're going to go full on Justice League because we've got a Justice League movie in the works and that will be confusing for people who don't pay attention. And so, given that that's probably the vast majority of the population, Justice Society, I like that. Sure. I mean, Hawk Girl, of course, a prominent member of the Justice Society. So, uh, yeah,
1: let's well, see. My, so, like, I, my, my question here is you know, I, I'm not too terribly familiar with Hawk Girl uh, and Hawkman and all that kind of stuff, but I know that a lot of their power comes from the nth metal that they use. Now, is this the same? Like, are they going to bring that whole can of worms into this or what?
0: Very confusing stuff on this one, man. Because the hawks in general, either you go alien or you go Egyptian.
1: There's what about either there's aliens either, from Egypt.
0: Well, and that's been kind of the the origin story that's kind of been blended for the two. The idea is that it's either kind of this mysticism that's tied to it, or there's this kind of you know sci fi element. And uh, what you've seen in more recent tellings of the of the character is kind of a blending of of these two concepts coming together. So I like the idea, perhaps, of Nth Metal playing a part. Uh, in the Justice League cartoon, which is where I probably am most familiar with the character, her hammer or her mace was like the most powerful weapon in the entire series. Um, at one point, there was even a episode where a world-destroying cannon was firing into the air, and she was able to hit it back at the cannon itself with her mace. Whoa, so, whoa.
1: Hold on. So she hit... A shot from a world-destroying cannon back yeah. at the planet where the cannon shot it from. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thus effectively destroying the planet. That-
0: Wh- one would assume. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, anyway, it was uh, a pretty pretty uh, pretty powerful weapon. But um, I like Hawkgirl, and I'd like to see what they do with her. I'm, I'm very kind of curious about what that show is going to ultimately be. At the moment, it just seems like kind of a DC Comics gumbo. But I like DC Comics, and I like gumbos. So, theoretically, I like the show. Also, man, Arthur Danville, he's going to be playing the character of Rip Hunter in the CW's uh, spinoff series as well. And that's all I have to say about that, because honestly, I don't know a whole lot about Rip Hunter.
1: Well, so, yeah, I I heard that he's a time traveler, but he's not Booster Gold.
0: No, (laughs) that's about it.
1: (laughs) Okay, yeah, because I I, I, unfortunately, I'm sorry, I I don't know too much about him, but I I just know that he's a time traveler. So that just means that this is going to be really interesting now because we're going to have time travel in this uh, series as well.
0: Well, okay, but here's the thing, though. I mean, it, Rip Hunter is a name that's been tossed around a lot lately because before we knew that the man in the yellow suit, or more specifically, Harrison Wells, was Eobard Thawne, um, a lot of people thought that perhaps Rip Hunter could be uh, Harrison Wells. You know, Booster Gold was a name that was thrown around, and Rip Hunter as well. So one way or the other, Rip Hunter will be making his way to this universe, so we will have to see what they do with that character.
1: Indeed. Uh, Also, uh, (laughs) before B kills us in cold blood, uh, apparently the Hawk Girl in the Aeroflash spinoff series is not the Hawk Girl from the JLU. So, everything we said about nth metal, Egyptians, and aliens, and all that kind of stuff, I presume you can just throw out the window. What? No, don't don't throw it out the
0: window. It was good stuff.
1: I mean, it was good stuff, but I mean. I never
0: said, hang on, hang on. I never said that it was going to be the Hawk Girl from the JLU, did I? I was just saying what my experience was with the character.
1: Well, right, but I mean like uh the the, the Jail girl is the nth metal and all that kind of stuff. This is like a different hot girl entirely, I suppose.
0: Uh yeah, okay. Fair enough. I mean, I, I, I from the images that were passing around, I felt like it was the uh what, Earth 2 hot girl?
1: Uh yes. Yeah,
0: currently the Earth 2.
1: So there you go. So yeah, B correcting us, keeping us on point as always. It's going as to be always. Kendra from Earth 2 as Hawkgirl. girl. Your
0: thoughts, your, your comments, comments. Listener, listener feedback bell i for listener feedback, primarily, I just need to kind of address a big confusion from last week, okay, so last week, um I made the comment about Iris no longer being in, interested in Barry because Barry forgot the when it rains it pours philosophy, which is when you're in a relationship, you're more desirable to. Uh, members of the opposite sex, or, or you know, whoever you might have otherwise been interested in dating, they didn't seem to notice you until you're in a relationship. Now, this got interpreted by a lot of people. I got a lot of tweets, both to my personal account and to the Flash, uh, Flash TV Talk account, and we got a lot of emails about this. People thought that what I said was, women are only interested in men who are in relationships. Let me be clear. <laughs> people are only interested in other people who are in relationships in fact the rain it rains it pours uh, that that entire mantra comes from an episode of 30 rock or at least for me anyway it comes from an episode of 30 rock where liz lemon is dealing with the fact that all of a sudden these men are finding her being interested in her when they were never interested before and it's because she's in a relationship so this is not a you know only women get kind of you know i he got misinterpreted so please do not misinterpret that
1: <laughs> yeah you know that, that that's it's easily understandable i guess for you know that sort of misconception to come across but yes we're not talking just about women it's it's anyone it's i
0: mean it's universal that is a universal principle the other thing too and i want to put this out there as well is that it's not uh it's not just that that wasn't the main thing that i was trying to put out there i was almost kind of putting that out there more as a joke more than anything else my point was that Harrison Wells didn't know what he was talking about when he was saying that perhaps it was the emotion of the moment that allowed her to find these feelings deep with inside of her. I was like, it's not just that. There's other factors that are involved. And nine times out of ten, when Harrison Wells is talking about people he doesn't really know, he's typically wrong. I mean, I know he's got, you know, future knowledge and everything, but he's just he's just typically wrong.
1: Yeah, And I, I think in that episode's case, it's more when it rains, there's a tidal wave
0: right y- yes yes this this is well this is well
1: but yeah i mean he is wrong sometimes most of the time actually although he was right about uh felicity because you know he said that she has a very promising future well this is true and i mean like i think for
0: the big things he's right but i mean when it gets down to kind of the emotion of who these characters are it's just i i mean it's just not he's not interested well,
1: he's not a very emotional person
0: no he's very calculating
1: yeah he's yeah crunk dog on itunes man what a crunk dog say Great show. Excellent chemistry between the two hosts. Awesome theories and analysis on the TV show, and it's definitely the best the best the best the best. <clears throat> and it's definitely the best flash TV podcast out there. Hi Bells mom. <laughs> oh, oh, that's funny.
0: <laughs> that's a that's a great uh, throw to our other show panel to screen where we thank your uh, or we give a shout out to your mom every single episode.
1: Our first and probably only listener. But thank you Cronk Dog. Absolutely. Thank you for
0: the Absolutely. All right. So I think it is time. Let's go ahead and give away a free comic to one of our iTunes raiders or reviewers rather. And this week, the free comic book goes to Studacris.
1: Studacris. <laughs> yes.
0: Stuticris. Dude, Big Stew, man. Thank you so much for uh, for supporting us by heading over to iTunes and writing us a review. You know, we mentioned at the top of the show, but every single time we get 10 reviews in, we give away a free digital comic to one of you who has reviewed us. And the beautiful thing is you're in it until you win it. So head on over and write us a review, and you could be winning a free digital comic.
1: So uh, Francisco had a theory that he was posting. Uh, we are going to talk about it. I, I guess we're going to do the speculation. Well, no, 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 go time. ahead. Let's, uh,
0: you know what? We need to start doing this anyway. I mean, the live show is a, is a strong part of uh, just kind of the overall experience. And you guys are so awesome for showing up live anyway. Maybe we should just kind of like, gather up some comments from the chat and actually address those as part of listener feedback.
1: Hey, that could work. Yeah, but the the, the the reason though I don't want to touch this one now in this segment is because it's going to coincide with scenes from the uh, the one minute spoiler of the rest of the series. <sighs> so it's it's one of those things where you know we could put it in the in the feedback, but it, it's kind of spoilery. So I, I was I was wanting to hold on. I think it's an interesting uh, theory, uh, Francisco. So well,
0: here's the thing, though. All right, well, hang on now, because I've I've been thinking about this lately, and it kind of bugs me. Whenever we do the episode, we always say that we kind of do spoilers at the end, but we don't. We typically end up kind of putting spoilers in the news and then just talking about, like, speculation for next week's episode as our spoilers at the end of the show. That's true. Basically, everything after the review itself ends up being potential rumors, spoilers, and, I mean, news. News in itself is spoilers. True, true. Right?
1: Like, if you don't know a character is going to be in the show and they cast it. Sure. I mean, yeah.
0: We'll, we'll we'll think about that, but uh, I let's go ahead. Um, read Francisco's comment for the listener feedback anyway, okay. and just based on the nature of it, I mean, somebody can mute if they need to.
1: Okay, so this this is going to be spoilery, uh, but uh, Francisco uh, his theory is that the real Doctor Wells's body will be discovered, which we see in in the clip uh, from the next week thing. There's there's a skeleton in the ground, right? Um, and that Eobard will then take over Eddie's body. And he says, why else would Eddie shoot the cops in the preview clips? And that's another thing that you see in the preview is that Eddie kills two cops in cold blood with like a smirk on his face.
0: Yeah, but see, this is the thing. I don't think, I don't think that Eobard can do that. Um, Well, for one thing, if Eobard was to do the thing with Eddie, then it would kill Eddie. Like we'd lose our Eddie, which also means that he would lose his ancestor that is supposed to begot him eventually down the road, so to speak. But I don't, I don't think that's the case. The other thing too, and I think I've mentioned this before on the show. You know, the rumor has it that we will actually see Queen Bee, not Queen Bee of FlashFans.org, but uh, Queen Bee from the DC Comics coming into play in the Flash Arrow universe. And if you look also at some images from that trailer, you also see somebody wearing a mask that looks very similar to a bee-type schematic, right? It's black and it's yellow and looks a little bit like a Bumblebee. Actually, it looks like Bumblebee from Transformers.
1: I was wondering what that costume was.
0: Yeah, and so if you think about the fact that Queen Bee has the ability to control people. My guess is that uh, she will, in some way, control Eddie to do that.
1: That is right. I had forgotten about Queen Bee showing up here, and yeah, if she has her same power set, then that could explain why we see uh, why we see Eddie killing those two officers.
0: Yep, that, that's my guess. So, I, and yeah, but I, I don't think um, I don't think Eobard's gonna take Eddie's DNA because that's gonna, like I said, it'll it'll turn him into a skeleton.
1: Yeah, it will it'll definitely kill the Eddie that we know now. And then we'll have EO Eddie or EOD. EOD. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll have EOD, which will be interesting. Yeah. Um, But, you know, since EOD has relationships, everyone will instantly know that he's different. So it'd be a real huge risk for uh, Eobard to take over Eddie. But good theory, though. Good theory.
0: Definitely good theory, man. But hey, look, I think we're going to need to call it a night because this is going to end up being a little bit of a longer episode. Uh, so, of course, hey, if you want to keep up with us throughout the week, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Flash TV Talk.
1: And if 140 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at Flash at Pottery That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y.com.
0: And for the latest news and daily discussions on all things Flash, be sure to like our Facebook page at facebookcom slash Flash TV Talk.
1: Uh, so also check out our parent show panel to screen where this week we do a rose colored retrospective of probably the most critically panned uh, modern superhero film green lantern
0: yeah it's gonna be a good one of course we want to give special thanks to charlie Bach and Wu kim part of our flash tv talk flash family who make this stuff happen charlie is awesome with the tunes Wu is awesome with the news and you guys are awesome so uh big thanks to you guys be sure to stick around after the music for our speculation on next week's episode but if you don't want to be spoiled don't worry we'll be back in a flash Can't catch me! I'm the Gingerbread Man. What? That you know what that that needs to be a flash villain. The Gingerbread Man. Run, run, run as fast as you can. You can't catch me on the Gingerbread Man.
1: He'd have to be really freaking fast.
0: No, but I mean, just with the poem, that that seems like that's that's gold, Jerry. They need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> be amazing.
1: Uh, it's gold, Jerry.
0: All right, give me just a second here while I'm pulling up the the stuff. <laughs>
1: rebel in the chat a terrifying cookie speedster <laughs> like, be great he just like runs and like pieces of him are flying off because he's a cookie <laughs> that
0: needs to be look that 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 is like a golden christmas episode opportunity right there in, invent a new character the gingerbread man who <laughs> could leave cinnamon in his wake and just like leave like baked goods <gasps> the gingerbread man maybe he's the real speedster who killed danish dan
1: Maybe <laughs> for, for for you know murdering all of his friends exactly. And instead of lightning coming off of him, it's like the smell lines like you have in cartoons because he smells good because he's gingerbread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is brilliant.
0: He has to follow his nose. He'll team up with Toucan Sam.
1: Yes. <laughs> no, Cisco will make some like giant nose sniffing device, and they'll they'll smell out his lair. Oh, it needs to happen. It needs the gingerbreads to happen. gingerbread lair. Of, of course, it's going to be called the oven. <laughs>
0: i love it he could team up with uh with heat wave
1: yes yes
0: flash tv writers you need to you need to read and hook us up
1: like he goes back to the oven right and the rest of the rogues are sitting there and uh uh captain cold has like you know keeps shooting himself with his gun because it's too hot and uh you know he's just got like a the, the gingerbread man <laughs> has this big pile of dough and he replaces part of his body and he's like hey heat wave uh can you hit this up and, like, he cooks the dough and he and like, replaces his body parts.
0: I love it. It's good. All right, Matt, let's uh let's jump into some uh, some next week.
1: Uh, Barry is surprised when Felicity Smoke arrives from Starling City along with her boyfriend, Ray Palmer, who flies in as the Atom. They've come to visit Star Labs as Ray needs help with his suit. Their timing turns out to be fortuitous because it's all hands on deck after a metahuman named Bree Larvin unleashes hundreds of robotic bees to attack and kill her former co-workers, including... Oh no, Doctor Tina McGee! No, a group dinner with Barry, Felicity, Ray, Iris, and Eddie turns into a that turns into a disaster. Man, this
0: is gonna be great. This is actually gonna be the introduction of a new interpretation of the Bug-eyed Bandit uh, from the comics. Bug-eyed Bandit, of course, uh, typically or not typically, historically has been a, a male character, and this is kind of a nice twist on that. This will be, um, no pun intended. This will actually be the uh, the. I guess, primary nemesis of Felicity. This is going to be her meeting her match as a hacker. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see those two go head to head. Now, Adam, you know, he's been more recently exposed as the Adam on uh, Arrow recently. And it's been a very Iron Man inspired take on the character. In fact, most of the times that we see him flying around, fighting Arrow, he looks just like Iron Man, except, you know, kind of more of a, a blue and uh, and red version of the character.
1: Well, I'm super excited because I haven't seen any of the season's Arrow. Uh, so I, I've i only seen pictures and I've seen the clips from The Flash as to what Arrow or, or to what uh, Adam's going to look like. So I'm really excited about this episode because I, I, this is the first time I'll be able to see the suit.
0: Yeah, man. Look, it looks great. And what I'm really hoping for out of this is that somewhere during this episode, we'll actually see the Adam get his hands on some dwarf star matter or something that will actually allow him to shrink one of the biggest criticisms of this character's interpretation on the small screen thus far is that he has not been the atom he's been very much iron atom and an iron man take on the character and it's been very cool and i don't want to you know discount or or, you know discredit what they've done because it's really really great but the atom needs to shrink because he's the atom So if the idea and and what's kind of been hinted at in the past is that, you know, superpowers exist or are are kind of, um, you know, on the flash corner of the universe. Now that Adam's coming over, maybe we can actually get a chance to see him be a little bit more meta in this interpretation.
1: Yeah. So I'm wondering, though, do you think. What are they going to do? Are they going to show... Because maybe you're right. Maybe he will find some door star matter or whatever and be able to shrink. But do you think that will do that on the Flash and not on Arrow?
0: That's what I'm saying, man. I don't think... I think the idea is that because tonally that doesn't work, or that or the idea perhaps is that tonally it doesn't work on Arrow, uh, but it, it makes perfect sense on Flash, that's how that whole mumbo-jumbo works. And yeah, no, ideally... Totally so, so get this, man. Like, what if... What if he comes to Star City, he gets himself some dwarf star matter, he powers his suit with it, allows himself to shrink, but uses it all up. And so at the end, you know, Ray finds dwarf star matter in this other city, who knows where, maybe Ivy, Ivy town, where he then leaves to go start his series where he gets the dwarf star matter and now has the shrinking ability. And that's kind of more built into what that character is.
1: So, when he moves on to uh, the Arrow Flash team-up show, right. basically. Right. Yeah, I could see that, because, yeah, you're really right. I mean, it, in Arrow, the whole shrinking thing, I just don't know how that fits, but it works on Flash, and I'm it sure fits. it'll work by itself.
0: I think it fits. I mean, what you have to realize is these this is a shared universe, so ideally, if all of a sudden we're getting kind of all this meta stuff happening in the world, there's no real reason why it wouldn't also exist in, in Arrow. I mean, I think it's just tonally, right? I mean, that's that's really yeah, what it comes yeah,
1: down to. That, yeah, that's where I'm going with that. Yeah, yeah, it, it fits obviously, yes, because they are a connected universe. But you're right, the tone is different on Arrow than it is on Flash, and I just feel like you'd, you'd be more likely to see the kind of you know crazy comic booky kind of stuff on Flash than you would on Arrow, because Arrow seems to be more down to earth.
0: Right. Totally. Right. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. There's a lot of fun things they can do with that. I, I really do like, um, uh, Brandon Routh's interpretation of Ray Palmer. Uh, even though I wish that we have, would have seen him shrink before. I do actually really kind of dig this Iron Adam type of take on the character. I think it is kind of fun. And uh, and I think that it could be a lot of fun to see what he ends up doing with the flash. I don't think they're going to fight. I think it's going to be a, a, a full on team up.
1: Yeah, I don't see them fighting either, but I, I'm, I'm super excited to see the, the Adam as well, because this is my first, you know, first take of it, first time seeing the suit in action so it should be pretty cool. Yeah man absolutely. Well that about does it for this week uh, this week's speculation on next week's, next week's episode so uh, for more Flashtastic awesomeness, tune in next week to Flash TV Talk.
0: Flashtastic outro, copyright Matt SC
1: A member of the Pottery Network. For more information on this and other shows, please visit Podastery.com. Ohio Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go